the purpose of tonight's festivities and the efforts of those involved all stem from our time with Coach Bruno. It's the Larry Bruno Foundation that was established in his honor and as a foundation that has been contributed to by many. And we do our best to carry on his legacy. And of course, his legacy involves helping young men and young ladies in our community. And that is our goal, and annually that is our effort. It's the Magical Coach Podcast. Okay, well, first of all, good evening, everyone. Uh, This certainly is not intended to be a formal event tonight, and we're not going to make it one. But we do have some people we want to recognize and we have uh, somewhat of a program that we want to present. So I'm going to try to move things along here as quickly as possible. Uh, first of all, I'd be remiss if I did not start out by saying that the purpose of tonight's festivities, tomorrow, uh, both morning and night, and the efforts of those involved all stem from our time with Coach Bruno. Um, it's the Larry Bruno Foundation. It's a foundation that was established in his honor and as a foundation that has been contributed to by many. And we are privileged to be involved with that as the board on the foundation, and we do our best uh, to carry on his legacy. And of course, his legacy involves, not the least of which, is helping young men and young ladies in our community. Uh, And that is our goal, and annually that is our effort. Now, when I say that, uh, the board members on the foundation and I believe everyone's here. First of all, our chairman, Ron Main. Where's Ron? Ron. Ron has a mouthful. What are you eating? All right. And then, of course, our senior member on the board, uh, who probably is the one that contacts most of you more often than others, and that's Mr. Ed DeRose. Next in line in seniority, and I'm going by age, so I'll be at the bottom of the list, but next in line is Mr. Linwood Alford. I actually skipped over someone who, well, no, maybe Linwood, I don't know if you're older or younger, but another one of our board members is Mr. Joe Namath. Linwood, are you older than Joe or younger? I'm way younger. Well, in case you didn't hear that, he said he was way younger, and the response was he just looks older. Okay, and then we also have Mr. Bob Rickey. Where's Robert at? I think I'm doing this right age-wise. Uh, next would be Artie DeSisto. And I think right along with Artie would be Steve Higgins. I think Pete Petrandra would be next in age. Is that right, Pete? And then Jimmy Carbone. Where's Jim at? 
And then I'm the youngest out of all of them. <laughs> and also, uh, we have a gentleman who's been with us all along, and you may not notice him, but as a result of his efforts, we have a lot of memories of our different events, and that's Mr. Fred Manorino, our photographer. And a special word of thanks tonight to the young ladies at the door, uh, Maria Petrandria and Kathy Damasca. Thank you for helping us out. And then we have my good friend standing by the door providing security. He's currently a, a police officer and a former deputy sheriff, Mr. John Joe Fortangeli. He's from Aliquippa, but we won't hold that against him. All right, we have several past inductees here. Now, let me preface my recognition of the individuals by saying this. I have a list in front of me. Uh, if I miss someone, I fully expect you or someone near you to raise your hand and let me know, because all I can do is go down the list. And I know uh, Steve did the best he could in compiling the list, but uh, individuals came in sort of piecemeal, so we may have missed somebody. Uh, first of all, representing our first inductee and our namesake, a young lady who happened to be my prom date and who, who has been one of my best friends for as far back as I can remember and who never understood why I was afraid of her dad. But uh, Valerie Bruno Wright is here with us. You know, I can't help myself, but I have to digress a little bit. I, I remember when I was in high school, uh, Coach Bruno had a curfew, and he was tough on that. And I, I'm sure that I would have many people that would attest to that. And one night, I was out with a young lady who was, I guess, my girlfriend in high school. And we were out past the curfew. And I thought for sure I saw Coach Bruno coming the other way. And man, I got shook up because I thought, oh boy, am I in trouble. And I was telling her, I got to get home. I can't believe this just happened. And she looked at me and said, you're supposed to be some big, tough football player. What are you afraid of? And I said to her something that anybody that's played for him will agree with. I said, you have no idea. <laughs> okay. Another one of our past inductees, I've already introduced him. Mr. Joe Namath is here. <laughs> Representing... Tony Asaldo, I know his wife Darlene is here, and I believe uh, I saw Renee and Vicky. Is that right? Oh, I'm sorry. What did I say? Renee. Roxanne. Um, Renee, God rest her soul. What a great person she was. Roxanne and Vicky. Sorry about that. I sort of had Renee on my mind a little bit, because I'm sure both her and your dad are looking down right now and enjoying this. Uh, Jim Campbell. Where's Jim? And then, of course, we have our former coach and athletic director represented by his three children. And I'm talking about Bill Ross. And here with us tonight are Bill, Tom, and Kathy. Where are you at? <laughs> coach Jim Gumpy Ebersberger. Where's Gumpy? Jack Damasca. One of my old junior high coaches who went on to much bigger and better things, Coach Joe Orsita. 
And of course, the gentleman who was his boss during those junior high years, who also went on to some pretty big and better things, Coach Carl Flory. And of course, Coach Flory uh, was well-known as Coach Bruno's best friend. And uh, well, he's, he hung in there with him all the way to the end. And I, I tell him all the time how much I love him. And when I think of Coach Bruno, I think of him in the same light. Representing Joe Tronzo, Jan Tronzo Davis. Where you at, Jan? Okay, there you are. And I think that, is that it for the past inductees? Did I miss anybody? Again, I was reading a list. Pardon me? Yeah, well, I, I don't count. Who else? Oh, Coach Nita Ball is here. I did not know that. Great to see you, Rich. Where's Coach Nita Ball? You know, he may be the only one here who's had a stadium named after him. Top that one, huh? Oh, okay. Joy, good to see you, Joy. Thank you. What a tremendous basketball player she was. Who else? Anybody else? Okay. That's one of the more difficult tasks of somebody standing up here, and that is trying not to miss anyone. Also, um, we this year, uh, and we will pretty much be addressing this tomorrow night, uh, but we have some scholarship awards that will be given out, and I just want to recognize those awards. Uh, one of the awards is given in the honor of William Bill Livingston, uh, who was a police officer and a magisterial district judge for many years. And a lot of his friends uh, formed a committee and established a scholarship in his name. And I know some of them are here. I know I saw John Luce. Who Who's here uh, with the uh, Livingston Scholarship? Joe, okay. Roger. Did I see Roger back there? Okay, Roger Regaldine. All right, and also uh, another award that we started and we will give out again tomorrow night is the Tronzo Community Excellence Award. And that was established by the Tronzo family. And of course, tonight we have with us Jan Tronzo Davis. And we thank you for that. And sitting with Jan are Steve and Becky Salopek, who were the award winners last year of that award. And then a, uh, another award um, that we are giving out tomorrow night, and this will be the first year for it, but I can't think of a better person to be recognized by the award, and of course the recipient likewise, but I can't think of anyone uh, who is more worthy of having an award given in their name than my good friend and a good friend of our foundation, Mr. Pat Nardelli. I know Pat's here tonight. Okay, now also, uh, tomorrow night, we will be hearing from the inductees, uh, but what I want to do is just call their names out quickly and just have them stand up and come to the banquet tomorrow night, and you get a chance to hear from them. First of all, representing Coach Bob Blythe is his brother, Trippy Blythe. And I was almost embarrassed to ask him because I've always known him as Trippy, but I had to ask him what his name is, and his name's Tom, named after his father. So Thomas Trippy Blake. And then we have uh, Mr. Glenn Dennison. 
Mr. David Miller. Miss Charlene Taylor. And Mr. Don't Call Me Dr. Ken Yonke. Now, again, uh, if you're coming to the banquet tomorrow night, you'll, you'll be able to hear from all of them. So hopefully you'll be there and look forward to that. And then we, we have a couple uh, special guests that I just want to quickly recognize. I think I'd be remiss if I did not. Every year, members of the foundation, we go to Ambridge and we support uh, a function they have there. It's the Joe Zarilla Scholarship established in the name of a gentleman who was one of the mainstays in Ambridge for many years. And as, found, as, a, as a board, we all try to attend, but as a foundation, we donate to that cause. But here with us tonight is the main man behind it, Mr. Gus Matika. And Gus has uh, several members and friends that are involved in that also here with him. I believe his brother's here, right? Yep, okay. And uh, I saw Mike Steuben there. And, and I also saw attorney Bob Taylor here. Okay. Thank you guys for coming. And then two other people that I want to quickly recognize. We have here someone who probably uh, is not used to not being behind the microphone, but uh, instead sitting here relaxing, and that is... Matter of fact, a gentleman I played Little League Baseball with many years ago from 93.7, the fan, Mr. Ron Cook, is here. And a young man who is a lifelong friend of mine, and in my opinion, one of the best friends, one of the best friends that Beaver County ever had, and certainly Beaver Falls also, Mr. Mike Vion is here. All right, now, also, tomorrow night, we will be recognizing uh, the 2016 Beaver Falls Fighting Tiger WPL champ and PIAA championship football team. Uh, they are the first team from Beaver Falls to win the championship, to win the state championship. Obviously, we had a, a few WPL championships before that, one of which was coached by Bobby Blythe. But this team was the first one to go all the way and win the state championship. And we are privileged uh, to have with us a couple of the coaches and team members here tonight. First of all, you always start with the man at the top. And I learned this by experience. When you're in that position, if you do well, everybody says what a great team you have. If you don't do well, they blame you. But this gentleman has probably, when we, if we really dissect it, I believe has the best coaching record percentage-wise of anybody that's ever coached at Beaver Falls. And I would think his coaching record is better than a lot of people that have coached throughout the county over the years. And that is the former head coach of the Beer Falls Fighting Tigers, Mr. Ryan Matzel. And Ryan has uh, with him tonight, Coach Bruce Davidson. Now, Bruce is a two-time winner because both him and I coached with Bobby when we won the WPL in 1984. And then uh, he imparted that knowledge in 2016, and they won it again. And then also Coach Anthony Omagrasso. Anthony's still here? And we have 
two players, I believe. And again, I'm just going by a list I was given. So Ryan, if I missed anybody, please let me know. Uh, my understanding is that Jimmy Carbone is here. Is that right? Okay. And Peyton Hawthorne. Thank you, fellas. Thank you for coming. Very good. Uh, again, what we started doing uh, was recognizing young people who have achieved in our local community. Uh, and when I say our local community, as an organization, we basically limit that to Beaver Falls High School, obviously, Blackhawk High School, which in many ways is a part of Beaver Falls High School. And I say that because when I was in high school, there was no Blackhawk. So a lot of people that uh, attend Blackhawk now would have gone to Beaver Falls if it uh, were not any if it were not in existence like it was back when we were in school. But obviously, Blackhawk is a great school district, and no one, no one has brought more credit to the Blackhawk school district than my good friend, our good friend, and that is Coach Jack Fullen, who I see seated right here. He's been a big help to us in a lot of ways. But anyhow, we recognize young people from Blackhawk, Beaver Falls, and the Beaver County Christian School, which now has a uh, cooperation agreement where if there's a sport that Blackhawk offers that they don't, they can play there. And that's a great thing. But tonight, we have five young people who we're going to recognize. And in effect, some of them will be back with us tomorrow night. Uh, but tomorrow night, we'll probably move pretty quick. So tonight, I'm going to put them on the spot and let them talk for a few minutes. And we have a gentleman coming up here that may have a few questions for him. But, uh, okay, first of all, from Blackhawk High School, a young man uh, who was uh, recognized in the paper um, in the category of Positive Athlete Award. And if you had the occasion to read that in the paper, there was a great article about him that uh, extolled all of his virtues. And based on the information I have, I also understand he was involved in orchestra, in chorus, in tennis, and in football, quite a combination. Uh, he received the Jeff Stewart Award, which is a scholarship given out at Blackhawk High School. He was volunteer for the Special Olympics, and perhaps most importantly in the long run, he is a member of the Light of Salvation Church. From Blackhawk High School, Khalil Frazier. Come up, Khalil. Out of your way. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and also, your, your mother is here, is that right? Oh, uh, yeah, she's over there. Okay, and that's your mother is Latanya Frazier. Congratulations, Mom. All of us parents know that you're the main reason he's up here. Uh, I don't really know what to say. I didn't know I was going to have to talk tonight. Um, <clears throat> Uh, I just wanted to say thank you to the Larry Bruno uh, organization for uh, honoring me tonight, as long as the other athletes uh, from around here. And uh, I don't know, it's just an honor and thank you. Stay up here till Thank you and God bless you, man. Okay, from the Beaver County Christian School, we have her official name is Margaret, but everybody calls her Maggie Townsend. If you come up, Maggie. And she is here with your parents are here, right? Bill and oh, okay. All right. 
So you're out on your own. Behave now. Yeah. All right. Maggie was involved in varsity volleyball, varsity lacrosse, musicals, choir. She was nominated for the Best Supporting Actress for the Henry Mancini Award. My uncle. Uh, and you played the part of Minnie Faye in Hello, Dolly. Do you remember that show, Joe? Hello, Dolly? I do. Yes, I do. And I remember Mr. Uncle, too. She was all WPL first team for volleyball, all state, all star in volleyball, and highest honors in high school. And again, this is a tremendous credit to you. She's a camp counselor at Pine Valley Bible Camp. Maggie Towns. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much for uh, this award here. It's really a great honor to be recognized here with everyone else who's being recognized. In the fall, I'll be attending Geneva College to study business and sociology. Um, I'll be playing volleyball there. And my real goal in life is to work with women coming out of human trafficking to enable them to rebuild their lives uh, and safely reintegrate into society. Thank you. What are, what are your plans for the future? Um, I'm going to be uh, attending Penn State University to uh, pursue a career in secondary education. That's not an easy question to answer. I think if somebody asked me that when I graduated from high school, I said, I have no idea what I'm going to do. Okay, also from the Beaver County Christian School, we have a young man by the name of Caleb Jonah Wright. Caleb here, come on up, Caleb. His parents are Matt and Dana. Are they here? Your mom's here? Dana Wright. Caleb, uh, again from the Beaver County Christian School, is a member of the school choir, the ensemble group, the handbells group. I've always been intrigued by that. Four years in the school musical, two years on student council, and four years in a row, highest honors at the Beaver County Christian School. Caleb Wright. Uh, I'd just like to thank everyone for this award. Uh, I'm, it's like Maggie said, it's really awesome to be recognized amongst all these amazing names you've named tonight. And I'm going to be moving on. I'm going to Messiah College and I'm pursuing a career in electrical engineering. You know, all of you are a little young, but I know some people that would kill to have a picture taken with Joe and <laughs> Now, uh, you know what, I, I, I guess I, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, explain some of this a little better. Uh, some of the individuals that are, we're recognizing tonight, we will also recognize tomorrow night. But what we do annually is we give out scholarships that are directly related to football at both Beaver Falls and Blackhawk High School, and the coaches make those choices. We also have scholarships that we give out that are not related to football. We asked the superintendent of Beaver Falls High School to provide us with resumes. We are given those resumes with no names on them. And as a board, we review them and we basically rate or vote them. And we honestly do not know who we're voting for. And then whoever gets the most votes from our board ends up getting the scholarship award. Uh, and that is applicable to the next two young people that I am going to recognize. From Beaver Falls High School, Miss Jenna Cherichetti. Jenna's parents are Chris and Melissa Cherichetti. 
both here tonight. Jenna was the varsity cheerleader, volleyball, National Honor Society, the Law Club, I like that, FBLA Club, Future Business Leaders Association Club, correct? Or Future Business Leaders of America. Yeah, I never made that club, so I didn't want to. Joe, were you in that club? Huh? I wish. <laughs> Four-year Army ROTC scholarship. Wow. Pro Football Alumni Student of the Year Award. And I know that uh, Jenna was recognized at an event that we attended recently that was actually in honor of Joe. The Shell Corporation gave Joe a Lifetime Achievement Award, and that was really something special. And I can tell all of you, there were many people that spoke that night, and they came from various directions and many people that are well-recognized. But without question, the two best speakers were Linwood and Joe. No question about it. But uh, they, honored, they honored Joe with a, a tremendous uh, award to his foundation. And again, I'm going to digress for a minute, because I want you to know who this gentleman is. I mean, everybody knows who he is. But a few years ago, the Pittsburgh Steelers had a, a banquet where they recognized the six Hall of Fame quarterbacks from Western Pennsylvania. Now, probably most of you could recite them. Of course, we have Joe Namath. We had Dan Marino. We had Joe Montana. We had Jim Kelly. We had George Blanda, represented by his wife, and Johnny Unitas, represented by his son. And the format was similar to what we are going to do tomorrow night, and that is they were all sitting up on a stage, and there was a young lady who was doing the interviewing, a well-known young lady. I can't remember what network. Andrea Kramer. Thank you. Artie always remembers the young ladies. But she was doing the interviewing, and she was asking them a variety of questions. It was a tremendous program, tremendous show, uh, a high-priced event, and it was packed. I mean packed. Uh, and they were actually raising money for the neighborhood legal services in the Allegheny County area. But anyhow, one thing that I'll never forget, and I'm sure I, the others that were with us will share this. She asked Joe who his hero was growing up, obviously football hero. And he said, well, that's easy. Johnny Unitas, who wore number 19 in high school. That was Johnny U's number. He used to call him Joey U. I mean, he wanted to be Johnny U. Little did he know that he would eventually beat Johnny U in a game that they played somewhere down the line. But his answer was pretty clear. And of course, Johnny Unitas' son was there. She turned to Joe Montana and she said, who was your hero growing up? He said, I'm going to answer that question for Marino and Kelly and myself. That guy was our hero growing up. And there's no doubt about that. Okay, so I got off base a little bit. You were also valedictorian. And you took medical mission trips to Haiti and putting flags on veterans' graves. Well, congratulations. That's tremendous. I'm very honored and grateful to be here tonight with everyone. And I'll definitely be putting this scholarship to good use next year at Georgetown University's Walsh School of Foreign Service. And after graduation, I'll be commissioned as a second lieutenant in the United States Army. Better not mess with her. <laughs> okay, and last but certainly not least, uh, another student from Beaver Falls who was selected through this random scholarship selection process that we have. He just happens to be uh, the son of the athletic director. 
And there was no stuff in the ballot box. Don't get the wrong idea. But Jimmy Carbone. And Jim is the uh, son of Jim and Tina Carbone. Is your mom here? Okay, but your dad's standing in the back. He said, he, he said you're always here. You know, that's a teenager's worst nightmare, man. You're always there. Uh, but Jimmy was involved in football, track, National Honor Society, the Youth Ambassadors Club. He was class president. He was on the high honor roll. He graduated with highest honors. He was part of the Academic Excellent League. You know what? You may be a good mathematician, but your handwriting needs some help here, buddy. <laughs> I thought mine was bad. No, it's bad. Okay. What, what's this telling me here? There we go. Uh, well, Eric Malak's Oh, the, okay. Eric Malak, Scholar Athlete Award. That's a football-related award. Eric uh, has gone on to tremendous success. Uh, he played the Beaver Falls. Matter of fact, he was a quarterback when I was coaching. And then I'll tell you what, we'll end it with this. The Beaver Falls Education Foundation involved in the Tiger Trot, right? Very good. Okay. Jimmy Carbone, come on. Uh, I just want to take this time to thank the Larry Bruno Foundation for uh, selecting me with the great award that I will put towards my college education. I will be attending St. Vincent College in the fall. I will be studying business economics, and I'm going to play football there, too. Thank you. I want to get a root picture there, friend. All right, one more round of applause for him. And we, we gave him a little gift for their trouble. Okay, now tonight we have a first-time award. Many of you may know this, but annually our Friday night event has been sponsored in large part by a former Beaver Falls high school student and a very good friend of mine and a good friend of our organization, Mr. Bruce Reed. And of course, Bruce owns a couple businesses that you may be familiar with, uh, Jerry's, right, and Brewster's, and who knows what else because he's always traveling all over the world. I actually sent him a text earlier to ask him if he was coming tonight, and he said he'll try, but he doesn't know how long it'll take him to get here from Thailand. So in his honor, uh, we are going to give out a donation to something that I believe is a tremendous endeavor and something you're going to learn about here momentarily. It's called the Bruce Reed Community Development Award and is designated for an individual and an organization that is doing exactly that, and that is developing our community. And the recipient of the award tonight is and is being represented by a gentleman who is as fine a person as you ever want to meet, he was a police officer. He was the police chief in Beaver Falls for many years. Uh, I got to know him well during that time. He's just a very, very solid young man like me. He was born in Elwood City, so I kind of like that a little bit, too. He is now the city manager uh, for the city of Beaver Falls, and he's doing a tremendous job. Through him and with him, the Beaver Falls Community Development Corporation is in the process of making their best effort to revamp 7th Avenue on Beaver Falls, something that's very dear to all of us. His name is Charles Mick Jones. Everybody knows him as Mick. Uh, he's here with his lovely wife, Regina. 
And he came and gave us a presentation at one of our board meetings. And it was very, very interesting. And I asked him to give us a scaled down version of that tonight because we obviously don't want to be here too long. Uh, and Mick, are you ready to do that? All right. Charles Mick Jones. So once again, for the sake of time, um, I'm just going to take you for a real quick uh, snapshot of kind of work we're doing here in Beaver Falls. Uh, we're real, it's a real exciting time because there's a lot of collaboration and a lot of commitment to the revitalization and, uh, of the downtown. I usually like to start with this first slide, and I usually talk about the common mindset that has been uh, generally accepted in Western Pennsylvania, let alone in Beaver Falls, is we just do the same thing over and over again. And that's nothing drives me more crazier than us just doing the same thing with no good results out of it. So I've adopted what we call, what we use unofficially in a city as a unofficial motto of that was then, this is now. No longer we accept in just the managing of decline, but we're taking, we're grasping our future and looking forward to the possibilities of the potential that we have moving forward. I'm a member of the uh, county. There's five appointed positions throughout the county. I'm one of the appointed commissioners for Beaver County for the SPC, which is the Southwestern Pennsylvania Commission for Transportation. And basically that's all the federal monies that come through the state and that's allocated throughout the state. Being a part of that commission, I was able to work with SBC. And before I go any further, I wanna say that this is not just solely a project that I'm doing. I, I wanna acknowledge all the great work that's being done in the city, be it from the mayor, city council, all the employees of the city of Beaver Falls, because it's a team effort and uh, everybody's working together. But in any way, this project is, um, we're gonna be kicking off the majority of it starting next Thursday, actually, with a, uh, with PennDOT's gonna be considering a road diet it's going to be taking our four lanes down to two lanes, one lane north and one lane south. As part of that, uh, we were able to secure a million dollars for uh, bike lanes and other enhancements that we're going to be putting into downtown. I'll explain to you basically how that connects with uh, some of the other organizations that we're working with, mainly Geneva College. So as you can see, here's a unique concept that we're going to be implementing as well, and it's a going trend. It's called reverse parking. As you'll see, it's, it's over a $7 million project. We kicked this off as a campaign in the first part of the year, and this is going to be this new concept of reverse parking. As I stated, this is a national trend that's going. We're gonna be the first one in the Pittsburgh region that PennDOT asked us to consider. Uh, the first time, well, the first implementation was in a place called Pottstown, PA. It's on the eastern side of the state. Uh, there's another location called Waterford, PA, up near Erie, and I believe there's sections of Erie that also implemented this type of parking. I did a lot of research on this. I called these uh, different municipalities inquiring as to how that's working for them. Me being an old cop, I always call the cops to find out because they're going to be the first ones to tell you how much they hate it. But they've they emphasized to me that it's been working really well for them. And the fact that they've reduced pedestrian accidents, also the uh, accidents with vehicles. And one of the key reasons why we're exploring this is because PennDOT has taken a look at, as everybody uses, I, I like to use Orms as a reference point. Everybody knows how dangerous that is to back out of there, right? I always use that, I always use the uh, analogy of, uh, you know, the Beaver Falls way of backing out from Orms is you, you just count how many cars are down the street and then you say, okay, there's a red light and you just gun it and back out and you hope you can get out of there, right? So no longer are we gonna do that. We're gonna to try to make things a little safer on the avenue. So in October, we had a public input session where we allowed the public to come in and offer input as to this new parking scheme and the new project overall. 
I was attended by a hundred something people and they got a chance to address some of the concerns that they may have had with PennDOT. The thing I liked about it, that what PennDOT is doing now is they, uh, they have a system called PennDOT Connects and what they do is they stay in constant contact with the municipalities as they uh, you know, implement projects such as this. Uh, you remember a couple of years ago, we had that project up on College Hill. I was fortunate enough to be city manager for the first month and I caught heck for that because we lost two businesses and the street was just, uh, just a total mess, but they've been doing a fantastic job uh, with this project. So we're gonna be running from A Street uh, to 20th Street. It's gonna be primarily where the parking difference is gonna change. Uh, the entire project is gonna cover from, from the bridge down where 3rd Street all the way up to 20th Street. Uh, like I said, Thursday is going to be when they're gonna really start milling and they're gonna start doing all the asphalt work. As another part of this is going to be these bump out curbs. And this is a new concept that enhances pedestrian safety. Uh, in your downtown, and this is a, a, another national trend that's going as far as to create more walkability in your downtown. As a part of that, we secured $70,000 in uh, grant funding through PennDOT. Because when initially when we did this project, they said the city was on a hook for $80,000 to get this done because it's ADA compliant and uh, you know, in an agreement with uh, state regulations. But um, as I stated, this is how it looks existing with the four lanes and this is what it's going to look like uh, moving forward with the project as you can see there's going to be a left turn lane as well that's another nice thing that we're going to have added instead of the no left turns going down or so it's going to create a better uh, opportunity for safety as well uh, i used to i like to use this as a point to say that beaver falls just didn't wake up one day and say hey we want to put bike lanes out there or make route 18 a bike lane this is a state designated route so that is uh that's a going trend throughout the state. They want to connect all the different bike routes throughout the state. And we happen to have Route 18, which is a bike route. Um, as part of the uh, grant and monies that we secured, we're going to get updated signal heads for um, traffic lights. We're going to get countdown pedestrian signal heads. Uh, there's going to be emergency vehicle preemption, which is good for the fire department. So whenever they uh, respond to a fire, all they have to do is hit a button. And that pretty much gives them red lights all the way down for safety. Uh, another key aspect of that is uh, upgraded vehicle detection. It's going to be censored to detect if there's traffic on the side. That way it can move the traffic uh, on the main part of the road there. So, so once again, uh, I'd just like to say this total project originally started out at $5 million. By the time we were over the last couple of years working on this project, it swelled to $7 million. And I must add again, I love to emphasize this, it's only cost the city $15,000. I don't think that's too bad of a deal. So, I'm, so pardon me if I'm, if I'm going through, I'll be available for questions, but do you understand? I'm used to doing this presentation. I do it like once or twice a week. And this is normally an hour presentation, but I'm gonna get it down to like 10 minutes, so you bear with me. So another key aspect of uh, one of the another great groups that we're working with is Geneva College. Geneva College has a plan that they wanna connect with the downtown and have more involvement with the downtown. And uh, they freely admit over the years, they have not had the greatest relationship with the downtown, but I, I would like to say their new college president, Dr. Tropp, is doing a phenomenal job. Uh, he's been to the city building, in my office particularly, at least a dozen times. And that's probably more than I've probably ever seen a college president in a city building. So we have great uh, cooperation and partnership. Uh, not too long ago, about a, uh, last October, we took a road trip. Uh, they asked two, uh, two representatives from the city to join them on a trip to Elbion, Michigan. In Elbion, Michigan, what they are doing is they're trying to uh, create a more better partnerships between the downtown and the colleges. And so we went there to learn what they were doing and then in turn, they'd send somebody out here to see what we're doing. And uh, moving forward, 
this is one of the first projects that we kicked off. As, uh, it's, we received a grant for this, and this is called Walk Beaver Falls Route. And what we did, we kicked this off up on Geneva College. And uh, as you can see, this is a route uh, that we received signs and uh, that will be posted throughout the city. So we're real excited about that, just to promote more of a healthy atmosphere. Uh, this is what the current location looks like, the bottom of uh, the hill right across from A+, plus, familiar with that area. Uh, the college president recognized that is not conducive for creating a walkable downtown from the college. And so this is what they're proposing moving forward is like that wrought iron look on this side here. Uh, same thing as you're going up the hill, College Hill. This is their proposed look, what they want to do going up the hill. And then, of course, you know, going into the track, that's what it looks as it exists now. And this is what they propose moving forward. So I think that looks really good. And I think it's going to be a real nice addition. So some of our work we've been doing in downtown redevelopment is we have uh, we, we've taken a look at how we are attracting business and how we're dealing with business. And we're, we're taking that more serious instead of uh, a new business opportunity coming in and wanting to um, uh, you know, start a business in the downtown. Instead of going to the code department, Mr. DeRose, mean, he and I had some great conversations over here and I learned a lot from you and I appreciate you because it taught me a lot of what needs to take place so that we're more encouraging to business growth and it's been very successful. We just had another business open today, I believe. We had a brand new restaurant that opened. I, have, I believe we have another restaurant opening next week as well. So we're real excited about that. Um, one of the things we've been really concentrating on, we probably have over a half a million dollars in grants that we've just applied for being for redevelopment, everything from decorative lights. Uh, one of our next things we want to do is take the power lines down remove those off the main street. Uh, we designated Alerta area, which is a local economic revitalization tax abatement area. We expanded that from two blocks to five blocks in a core business district. We're a federal hub zone. I'll talk a little bit about that. We have some federal contractors that are interested in doing development here. And uh, we just got designated by the governor last year as an opportunity zone. Other projects that we're looking forward to having is uh, Renee Soar has a business which is called Stray Cat Studios. Uh, her company's name is Macelia Development, and it's taken me a while to learn how to say that. But basically, what Macelia is, as way I understand it, is the root structure of mushrooms. And she always tells a story that uh, the mushroom structure of the roots, actually, they lay dormant for a number of years. There's a lot of things that are taking place that nobody really sees. But when the temperature's right and when conditions are right, that's when the first mushroom will pop up. And usually when one, one mushroom pops up, the rest does. So she named her company after that because she just wants to be one of those mushrooms that'll be a part of the development that's taking place. Her location that she's looking to build is gonna be right next to Orms. I've been working with her and her architects and designers for the last two or three years. It's gonna be the first green building in Beaver County. That's, that's the uh, really exciting thing about it. Um, and also that's it's drawn uh, attention from the governor's office and a lot of different state agencies of the fact that we're, you know, we're building this right in the heart of our downtown. So these are some of the uh, images that she proposes that's going to take place. It's going to have theater space. And um, it originally, uh, we were looking to have groundbreaking this year, but I think it's going to be, as she has here, 2020. Uh, we're working with a group called Beaver County Partnership, and uh, that's in relation to what the judge was talking about earlier. And that's about removing blight and uh, reclaiming those areas and starting revitalization of building homes and just making uh, you know, a quality of life for those uh, of our residents. One of the key reasons that the Beaver County Partnership engaged with us is because we've established a Beaver Falls Comprehensive Plan, which we established in 2013. And basically, a uh, comprehensive plan is basically our business plan. We're letting everybody know that we're open for business and we have a plan moving forward. When I was talking about the hub zone, this is an area uh, down along Moultrip area. 
Uh, that's we're engaged with a few developers there that are federal contractors uh, that are proposing to build office buildings there. Also, the possibility of uh, pulling in uh, jobs in that location. And as part of that is the River Trail we have identified as a River Trail neighborhood. And that neighborhood is those areas where we have houses that we're determining, one, can they be salvaged? If they're not being able to be salvaged, we're going to tear them down and we're going to look to be building on them. We've been engaged with um, the housing networks, different groups out of Pittsburgh that did a lot of work in East Liberty section of Pittsburgh. So we've been, uh, uh, I believe they're called Action Housing. Uh, they came down and took a, a tour of the site and we've been engaged with them. Cleaving Housing Network, we've been in uh, many conversations with them as well. We've been really attacking blight. Uh, we recognize that it, you know, if you're going to draw development, you have to remove the blight. So we've been really engaged on that. And these are some of the sites that we've been tearing down. One of the key things I like to say with uh, the fire department, we have an awesome fire department. And a strategy that we've used in the last couple of years is that we're using our fire department as training to burn down these sites. And then we're coming behind with our road department. And we're clearing those sites. And the unique thing I love about this is when I talk to state officials and federal officials, we're not asking you for a dime. We're just asking you to take the restrictions off us so we can get work done. We're not going to sit and whine and cry about we don't have money. So we've been very proactive about going out and attacking those issues that we need to attack. Uh, one of the key things, I woke up one morning and I happened to see the National Guard in Youngstown tearing down houses. And I said, that's a nice deal. I said, I wonder if we're doing that in Pennsylvania. Uh, next thing I knew, I ended up talking to this command office in Harrisburg. And uh, they weren't doing that, particularly in Pennsylvania. They agreed to come to Beaver Falls and be one of the first places to use the National Guard to tear down blight. They came to town uh, about last year, last spring. And uh, they came in and uh, the neat thing that they enjoyed is the fact that they eat out of those MRE packs. They got to eat like uh, fish sandwiches, bowls of chili. So the churches, which I think Pastor Jan, if she's here, the churches and all the different churches in the area was nice. They provided a different lunch for the National Guard uh, each day for lunch. So one of the key things that would drew attention is we got the privilege of having Dr. Ben Carson come in from HUD. Uh, he came in and he toured the site and it was real encouraging to hear him saying that the work that we're putting in, that that's the type of model that he would like to see throughout the, throughout the nation. So that was very encouraging to have him come in and say that. So uh, basically, this is uh, one of our another big, great projects that we're real excited about working with Penn State. Uh, they have a series of innovation hubs throughout the uh, throughout the state. Uh, and basically, this is going to be located at the if you're familiar with the old Angeles building, this is going to be the location of the Beaver County Regional Innovation Hub. So we're real excited about that as well. Uh, this is another um, one of these great things that we're doing about reclaiming old buildings and using them for purpose. And this is the old McElwain building, and this is purchased by, happened to be my church, is the Second Baptist Church. It's called the SBC Center. And basically, you can see how gorgeous the space has been repurposed. And uh, actually, this is Dr. Tropp from Geneva. We held, he held his uh, Board of Trustees and Board of Delegates annual banquet at this facility. And we did pretty much the same presentation to uh, show the connectivity between us and the college. So uh, we're real excited about that, too, because that's another building that just sat empty and we're reclaiming these properties and using them. Uh, another key aspect of is working with the CDC, which is our community development group. The CDC um, is actually engaged in a lot of projects. That's that redevelopment of the housing. But they're also engaged with this reclaiming the pool, which this young man, Tyrone uh, Ziegler, uh, phenomenal story. He's uh Actually, he used to be one of my clients in my other life, but but he's uh, he's doing a fantastic job, and I'm working with him on getting the pool. He's just got a lot of great. Uh, he's got a lot of funding that's going towards uh, his project, and then we have um, Christine Kroger. Uh, she's working on creating a uh, children's museum in the downtown as well. So great work by the CDC.
Uh, we just completed our downtown plan which are with a uh, uh, consultant on designing what we're going to look like in the future. So we're real excited about that. We took a lot of public input. And uh, so we're excited about our future. And uh, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to share with you what we're doing. I, I'm sure that uh, that's a project that's near and dear to all of us. Uh, if you're like me, I spent a lot of time on 7th Avenue over the years growing up. Uh, Bruce could not be here tonight. This award is being given out in his name. And in addition to recognizing Mick for his great work, and I know he's being humble about this, but he is obviously the, the impetus behind a lot of what has been accomplished and what will be accomplished. Uh, but in addition to recognizing uh, him with this plaque that we are going to give him, we are also going to be making a donation uh, on behalf of the Larry Bruno Foundation through Bruce Reed. And that donation will be to the Beaver Falls Community Development Corporation. And Bruce could not be here, but his best looking employee is here. Uh, Leslie happens to be the daughter of Steve Higgins, uh, who is with us tonight. And Leslie is going to present the plaque to Mick. Thank you, Mick. Are, is there any discussion, uh, Mick, is there any discussion at all about bringing back the Blue Room? All right. Well, we can try. Okay. Uh, that's the extent of our little program for tonight. So those of you that are coming tomorrow night, we'll look forward to seeing you. Uh, again, we'll go into a little bit more detail about our inductees and a few other things and the scholarship award winners. So you can stick around for a little bit if you want. Get some more to eat. I think the bar is still open. And just uh, relax and enjoy yourself. Okay? Don't drink too much because I'm not giving you my cell phone number. So be careful. All right. God bless all of you. And we'll see some of you tomorrow. But I'm going to be back again and again, and I promise you the next time I'm back, I'll be here in the library more than I was in the past, I might say. <laughs>